It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball, basketball, golf guru, Uncle Dave. You guys can find him, Dave underscore Essler. And you can get us both at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, here we go again, Uncle Dave, another Friday, another full sports slate for us to go ahead and attack for today. Let's start out with golf, Uncle Dave. I certainly think that that should be the first thing we start with. If you guys were following Uncle Dave yesterday, gave out the first round leader. Once again, another long shot, 50 to 1, Jason Day. He ended up tying, though, Uncle Dave. I'm not sure if we gave that out on our last podcast. We know for sure that that was in your premium pick package over at pregame.com. But why don't you go ahead and talk about Day, how he golfed yesterday, and who actually tied him and how you ended up making out for that payout with Day, first-round leader yesterday. Well, I took him at 50-1, to 1, so I guess the payout's probably going to be half that because Brendan Todd tied him. You know, I was watching all day and all night, and it was funny. Brendan Todd was one of the last people to tee off. And I was looking with, you know, maybe an hour to play, four or five holes, and it looked like Bryson might catch him. And then, of course, Bryson fell apart, and then I'm thinking, well, we kind of probably got this outright. And, and then Todd came out of nowhere. He got to minus five with two holes to play, and it was two holes to play. One was a 247-yard par three, and then a 518-yard par four. And now we know he's not a very long hitter, so I'm thinking, you know, well, you know, maybe he'll bogey one of these, but he didn't. And, and on the par three, he was, I think, 52 feet from the pin, which, you know, his playing partners were horrible, and he two-putted. Then on on uh, the 18th, he was 66 feet, I believe, away from the pin. Left himself about a nine or ten footer for par and made it. So that kind of sucked. It was funny that you you know you watch football all day and and they all come down in the last two minutes. You watch golf for about 10 hours, and sure enough, it came down to you know about about 9:45 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> but we ended up we ended up cashing a nice ticket. So I mean, I can't complain. You know, I'm greedy. I got to admit it. You know, what I thought was funny yesterday, Uncle Dave, is Bryson was uh, mowing down the front nine. He was minus four. I went ahead. I sent you a text. I said, I'll tell you what, Uncle Dave, this Bryson, he has a clear advantage because he can just drive so far. And I knew I knew you had day minus five. And I just wanted to go ahead and send that text. It's funny. I didn't get a response back for hours. I think Bryson was actually like minus two. By the time you went ahead and responded, he only had a couple holes left, so you knew he wasn't going to go ahead and catch Dave. But it's just funny that you uh you didn't bother to respond to that to that text message. Anyway, Uncle Dave, let's move on from the comedy. Let's talk some golf. We do have a head-to-head wager. You're going to go ahead and give out a second-round leader pick that you like for today. That's going to tee off a little bit later this afternoon. I have a head-to-head. I'll give that one out. Let me give it out quick. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Tiger Woods minus 103 versus Rory. Rory's actually like minus 126. You know, from what I saw yesterday, Uncle Dave, from those two golfers, Tiger clearly looks dialed in. It looks like he kind of knows this course, like he's pinpointing where he wants to put the ball, and Rory looks like he's just out there struggling right now. If you go back and you watch the entire – and I watched a lot of it yesterday – um, especially those two golfers. I mean, they were like the featured group in Justin Thomas yesterday. And you can just clearly see that Tiger is far more dialed in right now than Rory. So I'm going to go ahead and make, 
you know, maybe the square play, but I think, you know, looking at both of those golfers from what I saw yesterday, that if Tiger comes in here, you know, focused like he was yesterday and Rory looks anything like he did yesterday, there's no way in hell um, that Tiger doesn't have a better round. So I'm going to go ahead and give you guys that one. That one is later on this afternoon. I think that one is right around a five Eastern tea time, somewhere around there. I know it's rather late, but with that said, Uncle Dave, you have a head-to-head there, a first-round leader you want to go ahead and give out? I do. I like a lot of things, but unfortunately, a lot of things are going to tee off before we get this public. But one I do like, Justin Rose, minus 106 over Spaith. And I'm going to continue to play the Europeans. I have Rose to win. I had him as a first-round winner, which he, he came close. He's minus four. Spaith played horrible. Uh, you know, Spaith actually didn't do much of anything. And Rose is just such a good win player. And I got him to win. And, you know, that's basically an even money. I got to, I got to like Rose over Spaith. I mean, I think Spaith is done. He, he uh, started out yesterday really good. Two, two birdies in the first three holes. And those were his last two birdies. Nothing on the back nine, ball pars, two bogeys. And, you know, I, I know he would like to put it together. And I think conventional wisdom would say that he's going to put it together and it's priced that way. But I disagree totally. I, I think Rose uh, probably stays up near the leaderboard and Spaith probably doesn't play on the weekend, to be honest with you. You know, one of the things that you talked about, Uncle Dave, when this tournament actually started, you told me you got to be careful of the guys later in the day, you know, because of the wind. And we saw that yesterday, and that, that was true. You know, it was, it was really calm in the morning, and then later on in the afternoon, that wind picks up. And that's, that is typical for San Francisco. I mean, I've been there many a times before. And you could wake up and it'll be it'll seem like a like a nice, beautiful day. And as that sun starts going and the day starts growing long, you know, that wind does pick up out there in San Francisco. So if you guys are, you know, considering any type of plays, just keep that in mind. And that's certainly something Uncle Dave had touched on uh, in our prior podcast. But that's it for golf, guys. That's all we're going to go ahead and touch on there. We do have five Major League Baseball games we want to touch on. We also have an NBA contest. I also have an NBA prop bet for you guys today. But let's go ahead and kick it off here with baseball. Uncle Dave, I want to talk Yankees, Rays. Yankees are going to be a favorite right now, minus 110. Tanaka will be on the mound. Rays are going to go ahead. They're going to put out Snell. We have a total right now, eight and a half. I have a pretty strong pick on this one, or at least I feel I have a pretty strong handicap. But I'm going to go ahead and let you start out first. What are you thinking about Yanks Rays today? That's a tough one. I think if you look at it instinctively, you'd probably say, well, I'm going to take Blake Snell because Tanaka is not usually very good on the road. That is true. But what does the line tell you about that? You know, It's basically telling you that they expect a low-scoring game. The uh, total is down to 8.5, which deuced under, and the Rays are about 110. And that's in spite of the fact that uh, about 90% of the tickets are on the Yankees, and it hasn't moved a whole lot. And I'm inclined to agree with that, only from the standpoint of the Yankees lost a tough one in Philadelphia yesterday. And Tampa Bay had yesterday off. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Uh, although the Rays haven't been hitting, uh, I'm inclined to lean to the over, which is really tough for me in that particular park, uh, in part because it's the Yankees. They know Blake Snell. Um, I think Blake Snell is certainly not what he used to be. You know, he's, he's, he's had a couple of starts. He pitched two innings against Toronto, three innings against Baltimore. So it, it's tough for me to back him sort of long-term, but, you know, it's also tough for me to back the Yankees with the travel and having lost yesterday. It's a, it's a huge series. I, you know, it's hard to say it's a huge series when they've only played, you know, about a dozen games. But 
Tampa Bay is five and seven. The Yankees are already running away at nine and three. And I think I think it's a huge series for Tampa Bay. So I'm inclined to think Tampa Bay wins. I don't love it, but I, I think that we can get a good total of eight and a half because of these pitchers. I think, but being the fact that Tanaka is not great on the road, hasn't looked super sharp yet this year, I'm inclined to think that over eight and a half is probably the safest bet in that game. As tough as that is, I've, I've got screwed so many times playing overs in the drop because it's a big-time pitcher's park. But I think that's what I would have to do there, Sleepy. I'm going to go down and approach this one a little differently. You know, I have concerns right now, Uncle Dave, for the Rays' bats. You know, they could have all the pitching that they want, but if they can't put runs on the board, they're not going to win games. And they've scored a grand total of 18 runs in the last seven games. And that's not going to cut it, you know, to go ahead and make a bid for the playoffs. You know, the Rays line up, you know, they have to face the Yankees here coming off of a loss and Tanaka. Now, Tanaka, you know, he's had some light work this season, you know, after he got smashed in the head, you know, from Stanton, you know, who wouldn't. But I think the light work could help him here. You know, the Yankees went ahead. They held him off the mound for a reason. And I think the reason was so Tanaka could be Tanaka. Now, I know you said he has some struggles on the road. But I don't doubt that the Yanks are going to go ahead and push Tanaka any further than he really needs to go. You know, the reports are that he will be on some type of a pitch count. And I think that Yankees bullpen is solid and they should get some work today. Now, as for the Rays, you know, they're going to go ahead. They're going to put Snell on the hill. Now, he doesn't have many innings either, just five on the season. And he was lumped up a little bit. And that was versus the Orioles of all teams in his last outing. So I questioned Snell with this comment, you know, if he wanted to play before the season even started. And I still question, you know, if he's fully focused right now or if he's even, you know, the Blake Snow that he has been in the past, which has been very good. You know, I personally don't think so. I think that the Rays, they need to eventually start hitting the baseball. And the Yankees coming off of a loss, you know, with this low price of minus 110, the only thing I can do here is probably go ahead and back the Yankees. Let's jump over to an NL East battle here. This one should be a good one. We got the Braves at the Phillies. Over and under right now, nine and a half. Wright is going to go for the Braves. Velasquez is going to go here for the Phils. This number right around minus 105 on both sides. So it seems like we've got a pretty much, you know, an even matchup here when we look at the sportsbook prices. I'm going to let you go ahead and go first on this one, Uncle Dave. Braves, Phils, what are you thinking? Well, in as much as I don't like to bet against the Braves, they uh, spent an awful lot of energy the last couple of nights beating Toronto by one run late both times. They're not putting up a lot of runs. Wright can go either way. He got crushed at Tampa Bay. Pitched okay against the Mets. Uh, Didn't give up any runs. Did give up five hits and struck out four in three and a third innings. But what that'll tell you right there is he's probably not going to pitch deep. So if you're betting on Atlanta, you're probably looking at betting on their bullpen. Their bullpen was used up quite a bit last week. Uh, so that's not something I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do. Velasquez has never been my favorite pitcher. Got absolutely crushed against Miami, but I think Philadelphia is coming into this um, on, on the uptick after beating the Yankees last night. They didn't travel. So I think it's Philadelphia's game to lose. I'm not enamored with their bullpen. It does kind of suck, to be honest with you. I mean, not being enamored is, is an understatement. But then you got the fact that the Phillies had all that time off so they may be a little bit more rested. Uh, but because that bullpen hasn't really shown anything, I'm taking the Phillies for the first five innings, Sleepy. All right, well, there you go, guys. Uncle Dave's going to go ahead and back the Phillies for the first five. For me, this one's easy, Uncle Dave. Total sits at nine and a half, and I'm not buying that move. 
you know, from 10 to nine and a half. I'm taking the over in this one. You know, we got two pitchers on the mound with a combined ERA of like 18. And we can cite the small sample size, but Velasquez, you know, he went three innings in his last game, gave up two walks, two homers, and three hits. And that equated to four earned runs. And that was against Miami of all teams. But that was way back on July 26th. Velasquez, you know, he hasn't pitched in, in quite some time now. And pitchers do like some type of routine. I think, you know, if he's asked to go any extended period because of that, you know, Phillies bullpen has been trouble. Ironically, they, they were actually half decent last night, but they were used at some capacity. You know, the Braves already shorthanded with pitching going into this season. Now you're going to put Kyle Wright on the mound. And Wright, he's been serviceable, but my concern, Uncle Dave, with him is his whip. It's 2.67 in the six innings that he's pitched so far this season. He, he just walks too many damn batters. I mean, go through and look at his stuff. You can't walk a bunch of guys against a Phillies lineup who's absolutely stacked. You know, if he gets rolling, don't get me wrong, he can strike out a bunch of guys, and his Ks on the year are pretty good for his innings pitch. But I'm just not sure today's the day. You know, Wright has actually been fortunate to go ahead and throw against some cold lineups, and I think that that has helped, you know, his Ks on the season. But the Phil's lineup, I think they're ready to explode, and they have already, you know, since they come back from their PPD games. I think both teams should be able to get on the board today and help us go ahead and get this one over. Why don't we jump over to the Reds, Uncle Dave, at the Brewers. Bauer's going to be on the mound. Reds are minus 110, total 8.5. Lauer's going to go here for the Brewers. What do you got for that one? Well, in as much as I don't like Trevor Bauer, you know, you follow him on Twitter, and he's pretty outspoken. I don't necessarily disagree with him. But, I mean, he's been brilliant in his first two outings. He... But he did play the Tigers both times, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of wait that a little bit. Uh, they're not gonna have Mustakas, but there again, you're looking at a Reds team with an absolutely terrible bullpen. Then you're looking at Lauer, who is absolutely horrible. You're looking at a Brewers team who's been playing fairly well. So when, when all is said and done, there, I'm gonna take again. I'm gonna take out the Cincinnati bullpen because it's been, you know, beyond miserable. And I'm going to take Bauer to uh, keep the Reds in that game for the first five. I mean, it's tough because the Reds are not playing to their expectations, but I think the line reflects that. So I'm definitely going to go Reds first five there, buddy. I was torn with this one, Uncle Dave. I'm going to find myself here on the opposite side of you. I think I have a few good reasons. I'll keep it short and sweet, though. You know, by default, you know, I just simply can't go ahead and take the Reds. You know, the Reds have scored five runs in the last four games, and they've scored zero in the last two. So this lineup has gone ice cold. And as you mentioned, you know, the Brewers are surging right now. They're playing well. You know, they're right now they're in the thick of that division race. But look, Uncle Dave, you know this about Bauer. He gets in his head, and he will get nuts at times. And if he has to deal with the Reds not putting up any runs, uh, eventually he's going to end up imploding. And I could see Bauer actually making a short exit in this game. And and I think, you know, with what he's done on this season, I mean, he has been brilliant. There, There's no doubt about that. But I do expect him at some point or another, you know, if he doesn't get run support, that he's going to end up getting pissy today. And it's going to result in some type of a loss. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Brewers. It's going to be small, Uncle Dave, more than likely probably just a pizza bet. I think I'm kind of just fading, you know, the guy that's been lights out but I could, there's no way I could support that lineup only scoring five runs in the last four games, and they haven't even put a run up on the board in the last two. So small bet for me, guys, on the Brewers in that one. Let's jump over to the D-backs at the Padres. 
Weaver's going to go here for the Diamondbacks. Davies is going to go for the Padres. Padres right now, lukewarm favorite, right around minus 120, over and under eight and a half. If this is Weaver versus Davies, I think this line should be higher, but it's not. You know, the line's gone from the Padres minus 140 to the Padres minus 114 in some spots. So the support for the Padres is obviously faded for this game. I question why, but my thinking is if they're not supporting Davies, that they think that he's going to end up getting hit. Now, the D-backs bats have actually been rather hot in the last two games, but the Diamondbacks will have Weaver on the hill, and he's been abused in his first two starts. The total sits right now at 8.5, and and the money's on the under. This entire game stinks to me like a a complete setup from the wise guys. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the over. I think Weaver and Davies both get hit, but I do trust the move to the side, but I certainly do not trust it on the total. So it's over for me, and it's not even really hard for me to go ahead and push the button on that one, Uncle Dave. What do you think for the D-backs and the Padres game? Um, I'm in total agreement with you. Um, That line definitely smells. I still like the Padres. Don't love the Padres' bullpen. Padres' bullpen is pitiful. Don't love the fact that Arizona had had a fly last night, but you're right, Arizona's been absolutely lights out the last couple of weeks, and and that late ninth inning win, thank you very much to Dave uh, for that one because I I was on Arizona, so we finally got one to fall away. But, I mean, I can't do anything but take the over. As soon as I looked at that last night, I said there's there's just too many ways both teams get to four runs, which is something I look at when I have – uh, a total of, of eight and a half. If both teams can probably get to four, then you've automatically got a win. And I think between the Padres' bullpen not being very good, between Weaver not being very good, I, 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 I you know, barring we get the worst over umpire on the planet, which I don't know who it is yet. You, it's hard to find those umps for the first game of a series. I'm thinking that you are absolutely right, and I do like the over. I don't necessarily agree with that line move, but you're right, it does stink. But I think, again, if I were going to take the Padres, I would probably take them first five innings just to take that bullpen out of the equation as well. But uh, I do think the over is the much smarter bet. And I want to go back to the Reds game a little bit because this is something sort of a future reference, if you will. When we when you talk about the Reds not being able to put up runs and, and we talked about uh, Bauer only pitching against the Reds, I, I totally get that. But from... The standpoint of adjusting, like we would adjust for, well, Bauer looked really good, but who did he play? The Tigers, well, the Reds didn't score a lot of runs, but who did they play? Cleveland, and they they pitched, uh, who did they play at Cleveland? And they played against Carrasco, Clevenger, Bieber, and Plezak, which most teams aren't going to score a lot of runs. So, although I don't disagree with you, I just wanted to throw that out there, especially with these small sample sizes that we're dealing with, especially in baseball. You know, teams have two, three series out of their belts. you got to kind of look at who they played, not what their record is, and, uh, their, you know, pitchers, ERAs, and whatnot. So, anyway, that's just that's just added fuel to the fire for the handicapping nuts out there. But as far as this Padres game goes, yes, I love the over too, Sleepy. All right, guys. Well, we disagree on the last, but we certainly agree on that one. Let's jump over to our last MLB game here, Uncle Dave. Before we get into our NBA stuff, we have the Astros here. Cranky's going to be on the mound against the A's here. Bassett will be on the hill for Oakland right now. Oakland right around a minus 110 favorite, minus 105. Total eight and a half. You know, Uncle Dave, I don't have a whole lot on this game, but I will give you guys 
a quick update on my cranky season prop under 68 and a half strikeouts. He started out the first two games with a total of six, so he's uh, only had three in each of his games. So I think we're looking rather well in that one. I, I don't have a play on this one, Uncle Dave. My gut says don't bet it because I've been pretty good with Astros this season. They've been they've actually been really profitable for me. Hit a really big fantasy lineup using a lot of those guys. And the A's, as far as me betting on them, have actually been favorable. So I think I'm just torn between two teams that have made me money, you know, going head-to-head today. I don't like Grinky, and Bassett is a guy that, you know, I faded him so many times in the past and have done well that it's just one of those games where I don't have to bet. I could just sit back, watch it, and, and you know, get my information that I need and, and see what all shakes out. But what do you have, Uncle Dave, there, Astros, A's? Well, I'm taking the A's, no doubt about it. You know, Bassett has been brilliant in two starts. Bassett's looked really good. He's given up one run in two starts, struck out 12 guys in, in two starts. Uh, this, to me, in as much as you can look at the numbers and say, oh, the A's bullpen, is, it's been ridiculous. they got an ERA under one and a half for the season so far. But there's so many other things, and I don't even care if Greinke's pitching. you got the Astros who played in Arizona last night, lost the game in the ninth inning, bad thing. Then they got to fly all the way up to Oakland. This is a division series. You look at that division already. Oakland's nine and four. Houston six and six. Huge series for Oakland. Put some distance. Remember now, if the A's have played thirteen games, which they have, I mean that's like almost twenty percent of the season. So they can put some distance between them and the Astros. Then you look at the fact that you know everybody, especially in that division, is pissed at the Astros for the whole banging on the drums, cheating thing. So. You know, they're just chomping at the bet to get at Houston. So um, I, there's no way in hell I would not bet on the Oakland A's tonight. It makes perfect sense here, Uncle Dave, that the A's would be really, you know, looking and, and chomping at the bit to go ahead and get a hold of the Astros. And I think the fact that the line's minus 110 and it's not in favor of Cranky and the Astros, it kind of does stink a little bit. And we know Oakland's good, but you would just assume that it's the Astros, it's Cranky that they would at least attract some type of a small favorite price. They're not even going ahead and getting that right now. So, you know, I would agree with you. I don't have a a wager on that one, but if I did, I would certainly go ahead and agree with you on that one. Let's jump over to the NBA now. We're going to go ahead and preview an afternoon game here. We got the Thunder versus the Grizzlies right now. OKC going to be around minus four and a half point favorite. Total 223 and a half. So I don't know how you go ahead and play the Grizzlies here. You know what, Uncle Dave, before we even get started, Answer me this question. It seems to me the obvious picks from, you know, winning in terms of the sides, but it really just seems like right now in the NBA, a lot of these obvious square picks are cashing left and right. Would you agree with me on that? I absolutely would because I'm not an obvious square better. And um, the NBA restart has eaten up everything I made in the four months before the shutdown. So, yes, absolutely. I mean, that's – it's tough. Uh, my, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants is winning right now, and I, I don't know how long that could continue, but it definitely gives me pause every time I handicap an NBA game right now. And that's one of the things that I was thinking about going into this game, and the reason why I brought that up, Uncle Dave, is because I actually like the Thunder in this one. I just I don't see how, you know, how you can go ahead and play the Grizzlies here. You know, they lost five in a row. They've been getting beat handily, especially in the last two since Jackson's been out. You know, they lost the last game by nine the game before that by 10, 
And then they had like a two-point loss to the Spurs, but Jackson was with them for that one. Then they lost, you know, the first two of the restart by five points. So, you know, they're struggling to win games, period. And as far as covering goes, they've lost four of their last five, you know, by five points or more. And this total is only four and a half. So, you know, I think OKC right now is playing well. And a win here, Uncle Dave, will almost guarantee that they will not slide to the seventh seed. And they also have the Wizards and the Suns on deck in the next two. So I think the Thunder are certainly going into this one saying, let's go ahead and take care of business. We got the Wizards and Suns on deck. We could do what we need to do in those two if we need to do anything. So I'm going to go ahead, Uncle Dave. I'm going to take the square pick here, and I'm not going to hesitate. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the Thunder minus the four and a half points. What do you got for that game, Uncle Dave? I don't know. Can I, I'm inclined to take the fifth, Sleepy. You know, there's a, a time and a place where I would have just took Memphis just because it doesn't look right. And you even look at the line now, it's about 82% of the tickets are on them. And it's still only four and a half. And as a matter of fact, it's four and a half minus 105. So, you know, there's a, there's a percentage of semi-sharp people that are still thinking Memphis can win. What I think about Memphis, you know, yeah, they're, they're about to play themselves right out of the playoffs if they don't do something. But I, I wonder when the restart and they lost that game to Portland in overtime, and then they lost to two by San Antonio, and they're a young, young, young team. So I, I wonder if they just didn't really kind of, you know, put them in a wrong head place because then they went out and got beat by New Orleans who hadn't been playing well, and they, they pretty much got manhandled by Utah, you know. But the line's only four and a half, so I'm thinking – well, what's wrong with this picture? So you're right. This is yet another one of those games where SpongeBob is all over Oklahoma City and the Sharps will be all over Memphis. And you, know, you can, I would just say I got to wonder if one of these days Morant doesn't go for, for 45 points and, and OKC doesn't put forth 100% effort. I don't know. I'm going to pass totally sleepy. Come on. Why'd you pass? You know, my inclination would be to take the under because Memphis seems to be one of the few teams lately that's had a couple of unders. I think two of their four games have stayed under, but you know, again, these things have, you know, I had an under yesterday in the first game of the afternoon. I think they had 80 in the first quarter. So this is unheard of shit. So I am going to totally pass. If you want to take OKC, then I will just take OKC with you uh, and be a sponge today. All right. So I guess we'll both be a uh, SpongeBob SquarePants today. I like I said I like I like the the Thunder here today. I'm not going to go ahead and just play a Grizzlies team just because it seems like the you know wise guy contrarian play these these square tickets have been cashing left and right. Let me give you guys a prop play that's actually going to be on one of the Grizzlies players. So you know a little contradiction here maybe to my pick, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Dylan Brooks over 22 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Just look at what Brooks has done when Jackson was out of the lineup during the season. He's gone over this total points, rebounds, and assists more than a few times. He actually went over it in his last game. That was at 23 and a half. He cashed that ticket. You know, all this guy does is shoot the basketball. And if he gets a ton of minutes, and if he gets a couple buckets to go down, he will not stop shooting threes. You know, he can get to the free throw line. He does that, you know, quite often. He'll shoot a bunch of threes. So I got a guy out there who... He's going to shoot the ball regardless. He's going to get to the free throw line. He's going to gun up a bunch of threes, and he, quite frankly, he won't stop. And you can go back and look when Jackson's been out. This guy has been, you know, primarily big percentage of that Grizzlies offense. 
So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Brooks over his points, rebounds, and assists, 22 and a half. Well, that's it, guys. That's our podcast for today. We ran you through some MLB, some NBA, and some PGA. Hopefully, we'll go ahead and cast some tickets for you guys. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. You could always get Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Esler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today. Enjoy the games.